just put in my spirit, don't seek so much what's in my hand. Seek my face. Seek my face. Because when we seek his face, he's going to give us the desires of our heart. So let's just focus. seek his face. He just kept saying, seek my
believe and receive his promises? Do you believe that today? Do you believe it? praise let's give him some glory come on lift your hands and praise God hallelujah how many of you are confident in his faithfulness I said how many of you are confident in his faithfulness amen oh that God great is his faithfulness and his mercies are new every morning glory to God Amen. Father, we do honor you this morning. We just give you the glory and the praise. We thank you that you're a faithful God. We thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. That you're always with us. And Father, we thank you that we can rest in your promises. Because our confidence is in your faithfulness. And Father, I even thank you that when we sometimes can be faithless, you are still faithful. So I give you the praise and the glory. Now, Father, I do give you thanks for the word of God. 
the Word of God, which is alive, it's powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that the Word of God is incorruptible seed, and it is our seed, is our victory in seed form. And so, Father, as I share the Word today, I want to give you thanks for giving me utterance in Holy Spirit to speak a now word to your people. I declare and decree every heart, every mind, and every ear is anointed to hear, receive, and then do the living word of God. So we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor for transformed lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Awesome. High five two neighbors and say, let's get into this word. Let's get into this word. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. John chapter number 10, verse number 10 in the Amplified is our foundational uh, text for the year. Being the word on, on over the house this year is the year of enjoyment. It's the year of enjoyment. It's the year that we're going to renew, restore, and experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And also going to be a year of having, a year of having. We're going to receive in manifestation those things that we believe God for in Jesus' name. Lean on somebody this morning and say, this is my year. This is my year. Now lean on somebody else and say, what about you? Is this your year? Is this your year? Amen. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. We will not, we will not be denied. Did you hear what I said? We will not be denied. Glory to God. So John 10, 10 in the Amplified says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have and what? Do what? Enjoy life and have it, an enjoyable life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so the main assignment of the enemy is to steal. And what does he try to steal primarily is the word and our faith the word in our faith, because if he steals the word in our faith, then he can really prevent us from walking in victory. Got it? But that's not going to happen here, right? Amen. I said it's not going to happen here, right? Amen. Praise God. We're going to experience the overflowing life, and we're going to enjoy every single minute of it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. We've been sharing with you uh, on some, uh, some powerful truths from the word of God, and, and last week uh, we kind of went to another level uh, in our teaching, and we started talking about the fullness squared, the fullness squared. We shared uh, four weeks with you previously talking about the fullness of God and ministry of Holy Spirit in our lives in this present day. And so as I was uh, going through some things and, and really trying to transition into a new series, the Spirit of God started speaking to me regarding uh, another dimension of the fullness of God. And so that's why we're calling it the fullness squared, because that thing, that word, that, 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 uh, uh, squared means exponential, which also translates into acceleration. Everybody say acceleration. So I declared to, uh, and decreed over your life last year that things are going to start speeding up. You're going to start experiencing some acceleration, amen? Glory to God, because we are supposed to be high-performing believers, amen? Glory to God, high-performing believers. Now, I had to modify my image because we have a math professor uh, in the house that came up after service on last week and said, Pastor, you know your formula is not right. 
And I said, what you talking about, man? He said, well, you know you got to put the, the fullness in brackets because we got to take care of the fullness first and then square the whole thing. And I said, glory to God. So I said, I, I said I'll make sure I'll fix it and it'll be fixed next week. So that's why you see it a little bit different. We're going to take care of the fullness and we're going to square the whole thing. Amen. Glory to God. Woo! Amen. 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 So uh, let me just do a really, really brief uh, review on, on today because there is a place that God uh, wants us to get to on today. And I'm telling you, today can be your day. Now, why do I say it can be your day? Because it's your choice. You can sit here and be the same and stay the same if you want to, or you can choose a day to grab hold of this revelation and this impartation and leave this place never, ever again to be the same. In Jesus' name, amen? Praise God. Praise God. So let's go to, uh, quickly to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, I won't read the entire thing we read last week just for the sake of time, but I want to uh, just pull out uh, verse number uh, 23, Ephesians uh, chapter number 1, uh, verse number 23, uh, when it talks about how this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus, and of course we can pray it for ourselves as well. But verse 23 says, which is his body, which is his body, the fullness of, uh, of him who fills all in all. And so the previous verses lead up to the, uh, to the understanding that we in the body of Christ all of us in the body of Christ collectively makes up the fullness of God. Amen. So that's why we encourage you last week that all of us need to be doing our part. All of us need to be fulfilling our assignments and, and, and doing what God has called us to do because when pieces are left out, we can't experience the fullness that God has for us. Amen. So we all have to be in the game. So tell your neighbor this morning, say, get in the game, get in the game. Amen. Glory to God. And then we looked at Ephesians 2, and I won't go there again for the sake of time, but we looked at Ephesians 2 where it says that Jesus, not only is Jesus seated in heavenly places far above all principalities, power, and might, but he also raised us up. Amen. He raised us up, and listen to this, the Bible says to sit together with him. So in actuality, we have joint seating with Christ. So not only are you seated here in this auditorium, you're also seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God. Now, what is that? That is a seat of authority. That's the seat of power because everything is under his feet, which means everything is under our feet. Glory to God. So you're not under anything. You're over everything. Come on, somebody. Come on. Amen. Glory to God. And then we looked at uh, the armor of God uh, on last week, how we're supposed to suit up and stay suited up uh, every day of our life because even though we have the victory, there's still some fighting that needs to be done. And I hope you worked on getting your fight back last week. Amen. Glory to God. Because things of God don't just come easy. Some things you have to fight for. You got to fight for the manifestation of some things, man. You just can't sit back and, and, and you know, surf the channels on TV. You got to get in. You got to go in sometimes, amen? And so he, give, he gave us a, a, some armor that we can suit up with, and, and that real quickly is that we have our, uh, loin, our waist girded about with truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We should have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We should have the shield of faith. We should have the helmet of salvation. We should have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we should have prayer. Now remember, we suit up to pray. 
We suit up to pray because prayer is the, is the primary place where we exercise our authority. Amen. Y'all with me? So can we go a little further today? Now, let's jump back into Numbers 13, and this is kind of where we left off on last week, um, Numbers 13, because we have victory, but yet we still have to fight. But I love it when the scripture says that we fight the good fight of what? And now what's a good fight? A good fight is the one that you win. So you don't brag about fights that you lost. You only brag about the fights that you what? Win. And so that's why it's called a good fight of faith. Praise the Lord. All right. So now Numbers uh, chapter number 13. And um, uh, did I give you our 32 and 33? Is that what I gave you? Okay, awesome. So let's just jump down to 30, uh, 32 and 33. And again, uh, just as paraphrase, this is when uh, the people of God had come out of uh, Egypt, out of captivity, and God wanted to take them into the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, the land which God had already given them. And so they sent 12 spies into the land, and these 12 spies went into the land, and they brought back to the congregation evidence that the land in which God was sending them into and had already given them was truly a land that flows with milk and honey. They came back, one, one, uh, one translation says that they came back with grapes that they had to carry by two men on the pole. When last time you seen grapes like that? So in other words, one grape was about the size of a, of a basketball. And so they bought a cluster of them and had to be carried back by two men. Sound like flowing with milk and honey to me. So they came back with the evidence that this is true to the land. However, 10 of the spies gave an evil report. Says, yes, it's the land that flows with milk and honey. However, there are some big people over there. There are some giants. They're strong. There's fortified cities. And we're not able to take it. And then Joshua and Caleb understood what was happening, rose up and said, hey, guys, hey, guys, listen, listen, let's go right now and take the land. Because he knew that the people were starting to get, uh, starting to get uh, uh, infected by this uh, evil report. They got it? And so we pick up reading in verse number uh, 32, Numbers 13, 32 says, And they, the ten spies, gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33, There we saw giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the, uh, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now look at verse, chapter 14, verse number 1 real quickly. It says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and did what? Did what? Cried, and the people what? Wept that night. Cried. God says, God had just miraculously brought him out. Said, I'm going to take you into a land that flows with milk and honey. Here's the evidence. But they heard an evil report which made them cry and weep. Made them cry and weep. Now, why did they cry and why did they weep? Again, this is just a brief review from last week. 
They didn't cry and weep because the fruit of the fruit, because they had evidence that the fruit was exactly the way God said it would be. They didn't cry because of the land itself, because God had already given them the land. They didn't cry because of the land. They didn't cry because of the giants in the land, because most of them hadn't seen any giants. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when I was looking at that, the Spirit of God says, listen, um, we don't see with our eyes. Listen now, we see through eyes. So what gives us the picture that we see? Our thinking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, two people can look at the same thing and have an entirely different perspective. We can look at this situation. Twelve people saw the same thing. Ten people had one perspective. Two people had another perspective, but they saw the same thing. Why? Because it was their thinking that gave them the picture that they captured with their eyes. Take your neighbor and say, what you going through is not as big as you think. Come on, tell somebody else what you're going through is not as big as you think. Are you hearing this? Amen. This is why they cried and this is why they wept, folks. They cried and they wept because of the words that they heard and believed. That's why they cried. Why did they cry and weep because of the word? Because they knew, they knew a grasshopper can't take a giant. So if, I, if, I, if I'm like a grasshopper, there's no way I'm going to take this giant. So what do you do? What do you do when things are hopeless? What do you do when things appear to be impossible? What do you do? You cry. You weep. Because there's no way, no how. You can get through this. Are y'all with me today? I say, are y'all with me today? Praise God. Now, last month, the Spirit of God had me release this word over this house. And if y'all can throw that, that word up there uh, for me very quickly. Uh, yeah, this is the prophetic word that came out back in February. I said this. There is a financial land that flows with milk and honey and it has whose name on it? Whose name on it? Your name on it or my name on it. All right? There's a land. But now, even though there's a word that comes forth, it still requires your receiving it, agreeing with it, and releasing faith for it. Does that make sense? Because some of you can look at that and be like, that, ain't, that don't apply to me. But it applies to everyone, but how you receive it, agree with it, and release faith for it will determine how much of, how much of it you will experience. You got it? I say you got it? But see, the challenge is, the challenge is that even though there's a land that floweth with milk and honey that has your name on it, the challenge is there's also some giants on it. 
Y'all not hear what I'm saying. There's some giants on it. Uh, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me one, two, three, four. Uh, Elliot, come on, help me. Five guys, very quick. Come on, five guys. Just, just line up in front of me real fast. Turn and face the congregation. Praise God. Okay. All right, get shoulder to shoulder. Tight, don't, don't, tight. Just tight. Be tight. That's what, don't know, let, this, this is the line. Nothing gets through this. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So, so look like you're going to defend something, okay? Don't, don't, praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, somebody, yeah. See, what happens is when a word either comes through the written word of God, a spoken word, a prophetic word that, that exposes what already belongs to you, Listen to me. Exposing what already belongs to you, what the enemy does, the enemy then immediately places giants between you and the manifestation of the word that you just received. Come on, y'all got to see what I'm saying. So if, 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 if I'm the land that flows with milk and honey, that has your name on it, you got to see the giants before you see me. You hear what I'm saying? But see, the eye of faith will allow you to see me through them. Come on, somebody. But what happens is, just start making some noise. Just start making some noise. It don't have to be legend. Just, just start making this. Yeah, yeah, see. Come on, come on. Yeah, make, make some noise. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, make some noise. Come on, God, make some noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all, y'all hear all that? Okay, 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 okay. Let me, let me say something there. But I, I hope you see this because all the noise starts happening. The giant starts saying, I'm too big for you to take me. You can't get through me. Who do you think you are thinking that you're going to end up in a land that flows with Mecca and honey that has your name? You, you have not been able to meet your needs up to this point. Who do you think you are? You have, been, you have been broke. You have been struggling. You have been trying to get ends to meet for year after year after year. You can't even pay your bills now. Who do you think you are to try to get through me? See, that's all the noise. And see, if we don't watch it, We'll, we'll, we'll take our attention and put it right here and forget all about this. And what do you do? You go home at night and you cry and you weep for something that God has already given you. And it's over here behind the giants and says, just come get me. Just come get me. I'm here. Just, just receive me. But because some of us, we get derailed because of what the enemy puts up in front of us. But today. But today. Oh, this is going to be dispersed. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. If y'all hang with me, I'm going I'm to show you today. I'm going to show you today. 
how to conquer every giant in your life. Doesn't even matter what it is. It's going down. And I heard somebody say this. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory to God. Listen, what's a giant? What's a giant? Just so we know what we're, exactly what we're talking about. What's a giant? A giant is just simply an oversized challenge. A giant is an oversized challenge. It's a challenge that wants to communicate to you that it's impossible for you to get beyond it. That's a giant. So a giant is not a literal, literal, it, it, it's, it's spiritual, but yet it, it, it contains even more power than someone who's physically a giant. Got it? It's an oversized challenge. It's a challenge where you don't think you can make it. It's a challenge where you don't think you're going to get through. It's a challenge that you think that you can't win in this. It's an oversized challenge, all right? However, I'm going to go ahead and prophesy before I even started. I'll uh, start teaching on this thing. Uh, go, I'm going to go ahead and prophesy. However, you are a giant slayer. Do I have any giant slayers in the house? Do I have any giant slayers in the house? Glory to God. Shout, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel 17. Now, let me forewarn you that I am going to read a lot of scriptures. So if you're not used to this, you got about 15 seconds to get used to it. <laughs> Amen? I, I, I wish as a pastor I could think that all y'all, all, all of you, I should say, that all of you go home and read your Bibles during the week. But, 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 but I can't say that. Oh, Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, but I'm still a giant slayer. I'm still a giant slayer. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, glory to God. Yeah, I wish I, wish I could think that. So, it's important that the times that I have your attention, that I provide you with scripture that you can use to fight with. Because our fight is not like the fight we used to have before we were delivered from fighting. I was going to say before Jesus, but some of y'all was fighting after y'all met Jesus, so <laughs> I got to say when, once you got delivered from fighting. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. I just need you to transition that tenacity from fighting one another to fighting who we're supposed to be fighting. Because I told you last week, people are not your problem. Do I need to go over that one more time? As if I said, no, no, no. It was enough last week, praise God. So 1 Samuel chapter 17. Y'all there? Look at verse number 4. 1 Samuel 17, 4 says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, 
whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had, a bronze, he had bronze armor on his legs and, bronze, and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Look at verse 10. And the Philistine, Goliath that is, said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So here's the situation. Here's Goliath. Goliath is coming and making a challenge that they might not fight army against army, but he wanted a one-on-one -on -one battle. He comes with great confidence because he has probably several victories under his belt. And so he figures that he's invincible. And he, he just said, listen, just give me one man. If he wins, we'll serve you. If we win, you'll serve us. And I defy the armies of Israel this day. Now, we got to understand some things about Goliath because you got to understand what, 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 what presentation he had. So the Bible talks about his height, and theologians have said he was over nine feet tall. Pretty tall fella. Got it? So really, um, plus or minus four or five inches, me standing on this platform, you standing on the floor, you will be looking up at his height. So he will be about my height if we're looking from the floor up. Nine feet tall. The Bible says that he weighed a vest of armor, and the vest of armor weighed by itself about 125 pounds. Now, some can't even lift 125 pounds. Say amen. Ain't no shame in your game. Shout, I'm still a giant slayer, though. I'm still a giant slayer. 125 pound vest, just a vest. 125 pounds. He had a sword. He had a long knife. And he had the spear, the spearhead weighed 15 pounds. That's the, that's, the, that's the tip of the spear, 15 pounds. And he had somebody carrying his shield that walked before him. So we're looking at a person. He is ready to throw down and has... The, 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 has, the, has the reputation to do it. You got it? So now, look at, look at verse number uh, 11 now. Look at verse number 11. Look at this. When Saul and Israel, look at this very closely. When Saul and all Israel heard these what? Words. Heard these what? Words. Words of the Philistine. Look at this. They were dismayed 
and greatly afraid. Wow. I looked at that, and I looked back at that, and I looked at it, and I looked back at that, and I said, good googly move. Even the king was scared. Now, you know if your leader is scared. I heard somebody say, well... You know, if I'm up here teaching about we having the authority to cast out demons and I'm scared of them, how I many know we all in trouble? <laughs> Am I right? The Bible says Saul and all of Israel <laughs> were scared. Why were they scared? Because of the words that they heard. You got to pay attention to this, folks. The folks, the, 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 the congregation of Israel... They cried and they wept because of the words. Israel and Saul got scared because of the words. Nothing was done to them yet. All they heard was words. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, all of a sudden in this story, and I'm, I'm trying to condense this for the, for the sake of time, uh, now all of a sudden David now comes on the scene. And the Bible tells us that David was a shepherd boy keeping sheep on the backside of a mountain all by himself, illegitimate, didn't want to, daddy didn't want to be the part of the family, so he sent him off for an assignment. His, his other, other brothers are on the front line war, warring with this Philistine army. And so David comes in and his father asked David, David, I need you to run these crackers and cheese. Come on, read your Bible. It says crackers and cheese. Run these crackers. It says crackers and cheese. I, I've been trying to tell y'all, you don't have to watch Empire. Just read your Bible. He said, run these cra this crackers and cheese down there to the army and then see how your brothers are doing and come back and tell me what's up. So David, you know, he a shepherd boy. You know, he... He, he a musician, you know, he, he probably just skip himself on down. He ain't thinking about fighting nobody. He just going on down there. He just doing what his daddy said. Now let's pick up reading at verse number 22. 1 Samuel 17, 22 says, And David left his supplies, uh, supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, uh, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as they talked, there was the champion. So now David's now having a conversation with his brothers, and all of a sudden Goliath comes back out. Here's the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine and spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. So now what did Goliath do? Goliath comes out and says, give me a man so we can fight. I'll whip him, you serve us. He whipped me, we'll serve you. I defy the armies of Israel this day. So that's what David hears. Got it? So now, verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So, so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the, kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And then David spoke up and said, What, 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 now, what, wait, wait a minute? What'd you just say? 
did, did I hear you correctly? What, now, now what, what the person going to get? Come on, y'all got, y'all got to get into the story. Y'all got to get into the story. They were like, huh? What? He says here, uh, then David spoke to the men and says, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Look at what David said. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? An entirely different response than the soldiers. The soldiers ran and they dreadfully afraid. David said, who going to get what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that comes to the father armies of the living. A little old shepherd boy in a group of soldiers rises up and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that comes against the armies of God? David, a bad boy. He might, he might be young. He might be wet behind the ears, but he a bad boy. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine <laughs> that he should defy the armies of the living God. Verse 27, and people answered him, and this man is saying, so it shall be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he, David, spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and, said, and he said, why did you come down here? Like he had things under control. Like, 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 like he was handling business. He asked, Dave, why, why you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? In other words, David, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. Why, what you come down here for? In the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Verse 29 said, and David said, dude, what's up? What have I done? I'm just coming to bring you some cheese and crackers, try to find out how you're doing so I can go back and tell daddy. But then David says, but is there not a cause? Come on, somebody. See, you got to understand, when this thing that we're talking about, when this fullness that we're talking about get up on you like it's intended to get up on you, some of y'all going to start having some older brothers try to look down on you and say, what you come down here for? Who you think you are? Why don't you go on back over there to your job that you just came from? Because the enemy always challenges a righteous resolve. David stood up and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And so now the enemy is now going to prove or try to prove, is David for real or not? And David's like, well, man, what's up with you? Chill. You're not, you're not brothers, do. But he says, is that not a cause? Folks, is that not a cause for us to rise up in our authority? Is that not a cause for us to step out in faith and lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Is that not a cause that we prosper so we can meet the needs of others? Is that not a cause? Come on, is that not a cause? You hear what I'm saying? Verse 32 picks up and says, Then David said to Saul, Don't, let, no man, let no man's heart fail because of him, Goliath, your servant, or go out and fight him. 
Here we go again. Here's the enemy's, here's the enemy's challenge to your righteous resolve. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go do this. Go against this Philistine to fight him, for you're a young man. And he is a man of war. war. He's been fighting from, before, from his young age, and you, you're not even able to do this. What's, what's happening? The enemy from those on your side. The enemies from those on your side, the enemy through the ones in your own camp. When you get an evil report from the doctor and come and say, I'm going to believe God for my healing, there's going to be some in your camp that says, what what are you doing? You, You better go get the surgery. You better go see a specialist. I know I believe God. What is this sickness and disease that has been glory that God destroyed by the blood of Jesus to try to come against a child of the most high God? And there's going to be some people in your camp. Just like this. Because the giants want to start making noise as soon as possible. Is anybody catching anything I'm saying today? Y'all all right? Come on, come on, come on. He says, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. So point number one, how to defeat any giant in your life. Point number one is do not fear. Do not fear. David said in verse number 32, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Nobody needs to be scared of this man. Now, why is the first point don't fear? Because fear clouds your faith. Fear makes your your faith vision blurry. Does that make sense? Now, I used to teach that fear drives out faith, but, but fear can't drive out faith. faith. Faith remains. If God put faith in you, faith always is in you. But, fa- but fear can cloud it. How I many know when, 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 when you're driving along and it's really foggy and you might not can see, but how I many know the road is still there? Yeah. But you might not can see it because it's been clouded over by fog. See, that's what, that's what fear does. Fear comes in and makes your, vision, ma- makes your vision blurry and cloudy and you can't see the promises of God. You can't see the faithfulness of God. You can't see the power of God like you should because your vision has been being, being, being polluted. Is that making sense? So you got to stay away from fear. Shout no fear here. No fear here. I said shout it. No fear here. I said shout it. No fear here. You have to treat fear like the plague. Are y'all with me? Fear is nothing you play with. You got to get fear, scared, out of your vocabulary. Some of you might be scared to fly. Don't you say again in your life, I'm scared to fly. You say this, I choose not to fly at this time. (laughs) Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Because the moment you keep scared in your vocabulary, it keeps fear at the door. You don't want to fly? No, I I choose not to fly this time. 
This is my choice. I choose not to fly. But I'm not going to admit I'm scared. Because God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I'm working, I'm working on that choice. And I'm not going to not fly. I'm not going to not fly all my life. I'm just not going to fly today. Are y'all hearing me? Everybody say, don't fear. fear. Got to treat fear like the plague. David said, everybody got to be scared of this man. This is a nine-feet guy wearing a 125-pound armor vest with a 15-pound spearhead with a man in front of him carrying the shear. David said, you ain't got to be scared of him. This man probably killed thousands single-handedly. David said, you ain't got to be scared of him. Y'all see this? And we're running and hiding from a thought. And David is facing a real man. And he said, you ain't got to be scared of him. And we get a thought from the enemy. You ain't going to have enough. (laughs) Why? Because fear rises up. When you hear that you're not going to have enough, fear rises up. I'm not going to have enough. Fear rises up. And it it paralyzes you. And now you run and hide. And now you try to manipulate what God is trying to tell you because you don't want to do it because you're scared and you're fearful because you're not confident that what he said to you is going to come to pass because you've been looking too much at the giants. Now you want to change what God said. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad I came to church today. I don't know about you. I'm glad. I'm glad I came. Tell, tell somebody, I, see, I'm tired of all these giants in my life. I'm tired of all these giants. It's time for them to go anywhere. I'm, I'm just glad I came. I'm glad I, I drug my little self up on in here. Look at this. Don't fear. Then David, David busts out with Saul. David said, let me, let me tell you something, Saul. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me just tell you something. When I was out there on the backside of the mountain all by myself, I was given the responsibility to keep sheep. And there was, a, there, was an, there was a lion that, that came around, and there was a bear that came around. And I went and grabbed that lion, and I punched him in his face. And I went and grabbed that bear, and I did the same. And I slew both of them. I slew both of them. He said, so you, ain't, you, got, to, you got to understand who you be talking to. And see, that's what you got to do to the enemy. You got to rise up and let the enemy know who you are. I, I am the, let me tell you something. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, I've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. I have the anointing of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, and I have the faith of God to defeat anything you come up with. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? You got to let somebody know. Tell your name, you better let somebody know. Don't just take what somebody trying to put on you. Verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. Sometimes you just got to testify. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo, Jesus. He will. So now David then drew the line now, boy. David said, this is not even about me. He will. Who's the he? The he, the Lord that delivered him. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And look at Saul. Saul said, well, go ahead on then. Go ahead on. 
See, your testimony has to convince others that you mean business. Because it's one thing to convince yourself, but you got to be able to convince others. Saul said, well, go on, go on, go on, go on then. Look at this, verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. But he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't use this stuff. For I have not tested. I haven't trained with this stuff. So David took it off. See, your fight is not with your fists anymore. Come on, y'all. <laughs> David said, I can't use this stuff. I can't use this stuff. Ah. So the next time the enemy tells you, just smack him. Just smack him. Just say, devil, I can't use this stuff. I can't use this stuff. Oh, I'm, it's quiet in the house now because y'all like, y'all like, I can go ahead and take care of this right quick if you just let me slap him. No, no. When the devil says, when the devil says slap him, tell the devil, I can't use this stuff. Because I'm not trained in this anymore. I'm trained in a new way to fight. Ah, glory to God. Okay, 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 okay. I can't use this. Verse 40, then he took his staff. He took what he was, he's used to. And chose himself a five five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in the pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near the Philistine. Now it's important you got to understand that David was a master sling man. He was a master at it. He was, he was a professional slingshot guy. Now in that day, slingshots are not like the ones we use. You know, we kind of use the ones that are shaped like a horseshoe, and we kind of pull it back, and we put the pebble between it, and we shoot it. That, that's not the kind of slingshot they had. They had, they had like a, uh, like a piece, piece of cloth that they put this, uh, the stone in the end of it, and they would twirl it around. And some people say that seven, seven turns will cause revolutions in such a way that when they released the stone, it had the same velocity as a small handgun. Them, boy, them boys was bad. They said the, the master slingshot could, hit a, could hit, a, hit a opponent from 200 yards away. Point blank, just right upside the head. Bam. And I started thinking about that. David wound this thing up probably seven times. Now why seven? Number of completion. And he released it on the eighth. Why eighth? New beginning. Oh, I shout all by myself. Ah, some of y'all about to release some stuff. Oh, and get a new beginning. That was just for me. Y'all don't worry about it. That was just for me. Y'all was just invited to my praise. Say <laughs> so he drew near to the Philistine. He viewed drew near to the Philistine. Everybody else was running away, but he went near him. Because there was no fear there. See, those, those giants that I had up here, see, they're designed to keep you back there, but when there's no fear, you come close. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Verse 41. So the Philistine came and began drawing near the David, and the man who had the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. In other words, he looked down at him. For he is only a youth. Ruddy, but look at this, but good looking. <laughs> now, why in the world with a giant? Talk about his size, his youth, and then say, but the good looking though. <laughs> Come on, just like me, don't hate, don't, don't, don't hate, don't hate. Don't hate, just participate, praise God. Amen. He said, he said, He's only a youth, ready, and good looking, whatever. Verse 43, so the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of, this, of the field. So he's saying some things to David, isn't he? I say he's saying some things to David, isn't he? But look at this, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, he said something to David? David said, I'm going to say something to you. Come on, y'all got to get the picture, y'all. Because at first when the Philistine came and said words, they ran and, ha- and hid. Now he says something to David. David said, now, all right, you had your turn. I'm going to have my turn. That's why you got to do When the enemy talks to you, you got to talk back. When he said you ain't going to, yes, I am. Matter of fact, I already made it. Hey, look at this. Verse 4, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. David said, you got your weapons, and I got mine. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all got to see this. Y'all got to see this thing, man. Oh, yeah, you got yours and I got mine. But notice, the, notice now the, the weapons that David presented to the enemy. David says, basically, all I have is a word. <laughs> he said, you come to me with all this stuff. I come to you in the name. <laughs> of the Lord, the host, the God of the army of Israel. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to see what I'm saying. I've t- been telling y'all there's a different way we're supposed to fight. Here's point number two, how to defeat every enemy in your life. Number one, don't fear. Number two, decree your victory. I said decree your victory. Job 22, 28 says, I shall decree a thing and it shall be established for me and the light of God's favor will shine on my ways. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not die in his heart. Those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. But notice, notice now, when do we decree the victory? We de- decree the victory before the manifestation of the victory. 
So I don't fear, and I decree the victory. Let's continue. Almost done. Almost done. Verse 46. This day, here's a declaration that David made. This day, talking to the Philistine, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the... Now, now, now look at this, because I, I used to read this and thought he was just talking about the carcass of David. But look at this very closely. Look at this very closely. I'm going to take your head, and I'm going to give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, so that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So what's David saying? David said, I'm going to kill you, cut your head off, and going to give every, every, every body in your army to the, bir- to the birds of the air. In other words, David said, not only are you going down, I'm taking all y'all down. See, that's what you got to do with giants. You can't just take one down. You got to take them all down. I said, you got to take them all down. Hey, man, don't play with none of them. Get the big one, get the small one, get the in-between one, get all of them. He said, then all this assembly, everybody watching, everybody looking. Because you know everybody was looking because they scared. But you know they peeking up over the rock. They, they probably like, mm, this is getting interesting. And see, that's what people are going to do when you start proclaiming some things, declaring some things, and things start coming to pass in your life. When you lay hands on the sick and the sick start becoming, they're going to be like, mm, this is getting interesting. Let me, let, me, let me come out from behind the rocks and the trees and the bushes. Let me see what's going to happen. He says, so all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. That's why you got to put your fist down, folks. You got to put your fist down. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Sounds like a victory statement to me. David said, look, I don't care what you got. I don't care about your, your armor bearer. I don't care about your, 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 your vest. I don't care about your height. I don't care about your spear. I don't care about your sword. I don't care about your knife. I don't care about your past victories. This day, you're going to be delivered in my, into my hands. So what's number two? Decree your victory. What are we talking about? Taking care of every giant in your life. See, you trying to take care of the giant of debt by working overtime. That's not how you get rid of debt. You get rid of debt by declaring debt freedom before you get out of debt. See, I lost y'all now. See, you trying to do two, three, four jobs, too tired to read the word, too tired to pray, too tired to come to church, and that's why the devil has now zapped you of your energy and zapped you of the word that can get you out because you're trying to work your way through because you're trying to do it like this. You don't do it like that. You do it with a word. That's why we proclaim every single Sunday, all deaths are counted. What are we trying to do? We're taking care of it with a word. Go to your job, work your 40 hours on your assignment, come home, pray, worship, spend time with your family, come in the church, serve, worship, get a word, go back out there, fight some more, and have some victory. But you're too tired because you got three jobs. Because you're trying to do it with your hands. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. 
You don't have to get yourself out of debt. Let him do it. Y'all got me riled up a little bit now. Everybody all right? Praise God. Here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Number three. And this is it. This is the last point. It only take three, three steps to get rid of every giant in your life. You praying and fasting, sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, go get something to eat, please. Go get something to eat. Because you're a little cranky right now. You're a little cranky. Go get something to eat. It don't, come, it don't come like that. See, because fasting doesn't move God. Fasting disciplines your flesh. God is the same yesterday, day, and forever. He's the same whether you fast or don't fast. See, I didn't save the whole lot of y'all some hunger pain just right there. Y'all, <laughs> y'all like, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go give me some of these that day. Because see, you trying to fast, you trying to fast to change God. God is not going to change God because you fast. The purpose of a fast is that you change. God don't need change. There's no issues with God. It's all the issues are with you. Hello. So what's the third point? What's the third point? What do we do? Don't fear. Uh-huh. Come on. Decree your what? Decree your what? Decree your what? Okay, let me stop that. Don't decree what it's like now. Don't talk about what is. Talk about the victory. You might be hurting. Don't talk about how much you hurt. Talk about how much, how much you are healed. I'm in pain. Okay, 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 okay. That, that may be a reality, but the truth is, with his stripes, you are healed. That's what comes out your mouth. Now, you got to work with professionals. you got to go to the doctor. You don't, don't go to the doctor and be spiritual if he ain't spiritual. Don't. What's wrong with you? I'm healed. Uh, wh- why are you here today? I'm healed. My pastor told me I only speak to victory. I'm, I'm healed. And then hit next way, who's your pastor? Pastor Wayne Fry? You're going to be, and then you'll be like, what the kind of person, what kind of pastor is that? No, go in and tell them what's going on, but don't, don't take that. Don't, don't make that your focus. And once you finish giving him the details, then put the word of God back on your mouth. Are y'all with me? Don't go around talking about what the doctor said. Go around talking about what the word said. Oh, it's quiet now. We're talking about decree your victory. Because sickness can be a giant. Don't be afraid of it. Don't care what the report is. Don't be afraid of it. And decree your victory. All right, here's the third point. Third point is you got to demonstrate your faith. You got to demonstrate your faith. All right? You got to demonstrate your faith. See, it would have it done David no good for him just sitting around talk about all this stuff if he didn't do anything with what he talked about. Let's look at this here. Verse 48, and we're almost done. Y'all all right? So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew, drew near David, drew near to meet David, that David, what's that word? David what? Harried. 
David ain't walk slow. He ain't slow walked his name. Uh, I got gone in here. Got gone here to see the doctor today. Oh, Lord. I wonder what the doctor going to say. Oh, Jesus. Pray the Lord. No, David hurried. David said, oh, you moving? Oh, oh, it's on now. It's on now. The Bible said David hurried and ran down, ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sunk into his forehead. I told you it had a lot of velocity. And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed. Don't miss that. So David prevailed. Don't miss that. So David prevailed. Now I'm going to say it. I want you to put your name in there. So prevailed. So, so prevailed. Come on. So prevailed. Y'all got that? He says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. So he was dead when he hit the ground. Therefore, David ran over, ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword. David didn't have no sword. He didn't have a natural sword. He had a sword, but he didn't have a natural sword. He had a sword. He didn't have a natural sword, but he had a sword. What sword did he have? Ah. He took his sword, come on, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him. He killed him twice. See, you got to make sure those giants are dead in your life. Come on now. The Bible said he was, de he was dead when he got hit with a stone. And then David took his sword and killed him again. He killed him twice. Come on. I said, come on. He said, kill him and cut off his head with it. And look at this last statement. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did they flee? Because of the words that David spoke. Because David told Goliath, I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to kill all the rest of them and give them to the birds. And so they saw the first part of the word come to pass. Come on, y'all. They said, he killed the champion. See ya. Are y'all seeing this? So listen, folks, listen, 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 listen. Time up. Time out for having church as usual. Listen to me. Time out for you coming in here week after week after week facing the same giants. Time out. We're done with that. We're done with that. These last few weeks, I've given you scriptural evidence 
that you not only have the power, but also the authority to be an ambassador for Christ in the earth realm and do the same works that he did. Now it's time for us to start seeing it. Are y'all with me? And I told y'all for the beginning of the year, I'm pushing y'all this year. I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you. I don't care if you don't like it or not. I'm pushing you. You are being pushed this year. You don't. Because some of you should be a lot further along than you are. But you've been coasting. Time for you to get it in gear and get going. Because there's people out there waiting on you for, to manifest so they can get their blessing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? I was listening, I was listening, and I'm, 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 I'm closing, I'm, I'm closing for the first time. I'm closing. There may be a couple more, but I'm closing for the first time. I was listening to a pastor, and he said this. He said, we got to get back to the, to the old days, is what he said. This, he said, it was time for, we got to get back to the old days where people was chosen for positions for the Spirit of God on them. He said, and so I'm, 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 I'm in tune now. I'm in tune now because I'm saying, okay, okay, now, now where are you going with this? And he said, you know like how we used to choose people because the Holy Ghost was in them because we, we knew the Holy Ghost was on them because they would pat their feet in church. And they used to hum along with the songs. And I'm like, are you for real? You mean to tell me that the qualification of a person having Holy Spirit on them has now been reduced to patting other feet and humming along with the song? I don't think so. But, that's how, but the Spirit of God said that's how far we have watered down the word of God to where if we just get a little inkling of somebody being in tuned in the service, they must have Holy Spirit. No, the only definition, only thing to define Holy Spirit up upon people in, in, in Scripture was results. Was people being healed. People being set free. Needs being met. That's, that qualifies Holy Spirit's been on the, on the scene. Not because we can sing a song in unison. Not because we can pat our feet. Come on, let's stand. Because I want to charge you by the Spirit. Y'all get anything today? Let me ask this question. By a show of hands, how many of you here... You... You don't know how to get rid of any, any giant in your life. You, you just don't know how. We've gone through all that, but you still don't know how. Raise your hand. You still don't know how? You still don't know how to get rid of every giant? Really? I'm, I'm not trying to play games. You, you really don't know how. Okay, is it the fact that you don't know how, or is it that you're lacking the confidence to act on it? Which one would you say it is? You tried all those things. There we go. You've tried them. Says, and I'm, I'm trying to put you on the spot. I want to help people. 
These are things you don't try. These are things that you do. And that may sound simple. Now, what I mean, you got to be completely and positively and wholly condensed when you act on that thing. Because if I try not to fear, I guarantee you I'm going to fear in about three hours. And the devil knows the difference between trying and doing. Everything, go back, go back and read 1 Samuel 17. Go back and read 17. And again, please, please, hear my heart. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm trying to help you. Uh, go back and read 1 Samuel 17, the whole thing. Just read it, read it at least three times. Read at least three times. Look at the words that Goliath said and look at the words that David said. There was no if in any of those statements. There was no fear on either side. Does that make sense? And so when you don't fear, you got, I'm don't, don't fear. And when you sense that coming up, you got to put it down. How do you put it down? You put it down with the word of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's how you combat fear, with a word. Not a feeling, a word. You got it? Okay, love you. Love you. Now, now, now folks, who, who, this is what I'm talking about. People need help. And it's not, shouldn't, shouldn't be always come in, get out, come in, get out, come in, get out. Oh, I've been to church. No, people need help. Anybody else? She was bold enough, and, and I, God's going to honor that. God's going to honor that. I'm telling you, your, your, life, your life's going to change this week, man. I'm telling you, your, your life's going to change this week. I am, you, you listen to what I'm saying, your life's going to change this week. And, and I, I just credit that to the rest of us as well, to making this an environment so that she can say that. You go to some places, man, you never say, I mean, you, you toe up from the floor up. You never tell anybody because they, they'll, they'll make you a spectacle. They'll talk about how you ain't this and how you ain't that. No, I just need help. I'm toe up from the floor up. Can't you see? But we want to pray. We want to pray everything away. Everything don't go by prayer. You got to work this word. You got to work this word. I say you got to work this word. You can pray all day long and still get out of there scared, but you got to work the word. Amen. In the name of Jesus, your fearing days are over. Praise God. Man, 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 man. Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare and decree. <laughs> Praise God. That the greater one that lives on the inside of every born-again person under the sound of my voice rises up big like never before in Jesus' name. Thank you for reminding us of our position in Christ, our authority, and our power. And Father, I thank you that we have the tools to defeat every giant in our life. And I declare that as of this moment, as of today, giants are falling. <laughs> Giants' heads are being cut off now. 
in Jesus' name in the lives of these people. And I thank you for it. Now say this with me. Say, I will not fear. I will decree my victory. And I will demonstrate my faith. Therefore, I will prevail over every giant I ever face for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you believe God, give God praise. Come on, if you believe God, give God praise. You're crying, you're weeping, you're running, you're hiding, your fretting days are over. In Jesus' name. Over. In Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody walking, nobody moving except those authorized to do so. I have four opportunities I want to give for you on today. Also, you, those of you watching this on iCampus. First is to be born again. All of this we talked about today is not even possible without a relationship with God through Jesus. It all begins with the born again experience. And God says that if any man would confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart, they would be saved. That God raised Jesus from the dead, they would be saved. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never received Jesus into my life, into my heart. I've never given my life to the Lord. I've never confessed him with my mouth and believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead. If that's you, today is your day. Today's your day. So I want to ask if that's you and you said, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not born again, but I want to be saved today. I want to give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand as you're standing? Because we want to pray with you. We want to introduce you to Jesus, who is the Savior of most of our lives in this place, and he can be your Savior as well. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I want to be saved, would you pray for me? If that, you, would you boldly lift up your hand? Don't, don't be concerned about those who you left or right or front or behind. This is about you right now. This is about you and only you. In Jesus' name, praise God. Secondly, today is maybe you did at some point in your life receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But you're living today. You came in here and you know you're living like you're not even saved. You've fallen away from God. And you realize and recognize that through the lesson today and, and the ministry of Holy Spirit that you need to get it right with God. If that's you today, I have some great news for you because God not only forgives us, God also not only uh, saves us and forgives us, he also restores us. So if you need restoration today, let us pray with you. If that's you, say, Pastor, I'm born again, but I'm not living like it now. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. If that's you, would you lift up your hand today so we can pray with you for that as well? Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm saved, but I'm not living like I'm saved today. Would you pray for me? Pray with me. Say anyone today. Praise God. Okay, number three. Just two more. Number three. There is an experience in the Bible that's for every believer. And that experience is called 
the baptism with Holy Spirit. Some people call it filled with the Spirit. And this experience comes on a person's life where the Holy Spirit now comes up on a person and empowers them with the anointing of God to be witnesses for Jesus. So if you're here this afternoon, you said, Pastor, I'm saved, but I want to go deeper with God. I want to go further in the things of God. I want to receive the baptism with Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit today. If that's you, we want to pray with you for that as well. So if there's anyone here that says, Pastor, that's me. I want to be, I'm saved, but I want to be filled with the Spirit as well. Would you pray for me? Lift your hand at this time so we can pray with you for that experience to happen in your life. In your life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Then number four, I believe that every person should be connected to a good local church. Now, what makes a local church good? What makes a local church good, in my opinion, is a local church that cares for you enough to challenge you in the Word of God. A good local church is one that will receive you just as you are, but will not be content with you staying as you are. So if you're here this morning, you, this afternoon, you say, Pastor, listen, I, I, I really sense a connection with this ministry, with this faith-filled environment. I sense a connection with you as a pastor. And I want to connect today. I want to connect and be a partner, become a partner and join Faith Christian Center International. If that's you, I simply want you to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to obey God. Because it is God who sets the members in the church as it pleases him. Listen now, as it pleases him. So if you're here today and you said, Pastor, I want to make this my church. This is my church. I want to connect here at FCCI. Would you lift up your hand as you're standing today? Because we want to receive you as a partner of Faith Christian Center International. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. We thank, Oh, got a hand there. Thank you so much. Got a hand there. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? We'll say, Pastor. One of those appeals was for me. Maybe you didn't lift your hand when I first asked you for it on one of those other appeals, but one of those appeals was for you. If that's you, lift your hand if you haven't already. And Thank you so much there. Thank you so much there. Have another. Is there another? Is there another? Thank you so much for obeying God today. That's all we're asking you to do is just simply obey God. Obey God. So if one of those appeals is for you, your hand should be lifted this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're watching this on our campus and one of those appeals is for you, reach out to us at the email address behind me on the screen behind me. We want to, we'll reach right back out to you, pray with you, rejoice with you, get you some information free of charge into your life so that your next decision with Christ can get started on the right foot. So we thank God for you and tune in next week for another great encounter with the Word of God. Amen. Let's celebrate those that watch this online today. Amen. Amen.